Sam Sphinx, thanks for joining me on GB Talks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm pleased to meet you. I've been reading about you in the newspaper. That's exciting. <laughs> it, is, it, yep. it is an exciting time. And like me and you were just speaking about the newspaper is one way to get information across. But what I'm hoping to do today is maybe portray who you are and what you're doing at the moment. Yep. to people who consume information through podcasts and stuff like that. Brilliant. What have you been up to today? Today's actually been flat out. Um, I've been out and about in some of our outer towns with my two kids. Um, I've been doing campaign work. They've been playing on playgrounds. So it's been a pretty busy day, but it's beautiful in the sunshine, so we're enjoying it. Which, uh, which playground was the best? So they are rating them. So I don't want to, you know, um, pick the pitch the towns against each other or anything. But at this point, it looks like Merrigan is winning. So it's going pretty well. There you go. If you have kids, Merrigan uh, play area is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to let the Shepherd and people know who you are? Yeah, sure. So I'm Sam Spinks. I'm one of the candidates that is running uh, in our local council elections this year. Um, so I'm a 31 year old, you know, single mum of two kids. We've lived up here. For the last six or so years um, after moving up here from Melbourne, but I've always had family in this area and we had been living in Melbourne just in the burbs and it's, you know, the travel and everything. And so I just knew that I needed to move up here with the kids so they could grow up in the country. And we immediately um, got a rescue dog like two days after we moved up here. And then we've just loved it. We've set roots down in every area and um, this is where we call home. Couldn't live anywhere else. Um, So I guess more, you know, on that background side of things. I also work at Primary Care Connect here in Shepparton. So they're a community health service and I work in community engagement uh, in the Gamblers Help team, which is really interesting. Um, and we work to raise awareness of, of harms and also to increase social inclusion. So I get to work in all our different towns, meeting all our people on the ground and working to just make sure they feel connected um, and engaged with their communities. Um, and I got into that because I have a Bachelor of Arts in Community Development and Sustainable Development, uh, which I always explained when people said, what is that? I said, oh, it means I, I care about people and trees. That's essentially how I explain it. Um, and pretty much everything, yeah, so I, I studied it and then I work in it and I live and breathe it and this is the next step. So running for council just felt like the next natural step of how I could give back and do better for our, our community. Yeah, great. When did you start that career? Uh, I've only been working at Primary Care Connect for about two years now, um, but I have uh, real one really cool experience. So I studied online and so the entire thing, like I never set foot in a, um, a classroom, which is a really weird thing. But what they encourage you to do is actually reach out to your local spaces and learn more about your local, um, you know, what you've got going on locally. Mm-hmm. So I spent sort of the year or two before I started working, connecting with all these different service providers and organizations and groups and, and just getting to know how much we have across Greater Shepparton. Like, I just don't think um, when I first moved up, I had no idea and it was like this crash course of learning of just how much we have going on and how passionate some of the people living here are to do great things right here in our our little community like for a small region really like compared to Melbourne um we're just killing it in in so many ways it's really exciting yeah I'm not a shepherd and local either Ah. um I was born in Ballarat and I lived all across Victoria but what was special about Shepparton to me was 
not necessarily the place, but who I became when I moved here. Like I burnt off a little of dead wood finding out who I was when I was younger and I moved to Shepparton when I was about 25 and I became who I was supposed to be. Do you feel, did you have an aspect of that moving from Melbourne to here? Did you kind of leave some things behind with you there? Yeah, that's so cool. Yes, yeah, I totally relate to that. Um, it was it was funny because just this weekend I had to go and um, the kids had been at their dad's and he lives a long way away. And so I'd been, had to travel through Melbourne and don't worry, I didn't, I didn't stop or anything. Um, but I remember when years ago, because my family were all up here and we used to come camping and um, I always remember really distinctly that when I was driving up here, I would feel like just the weight was off my shoulders. And when I would drive back to Melbourne, I could feel myself, the stress coming back. And even literally yesterday driving back up here, I felt that same. And I just went, this is where I'm meant to be. This is of course, you know, it's, it's everything is telling me that I'm in the right place and the place that I need to be. And, um, yeah, I fully embraced it. It's amazing. That's great. So you do have two little kids and they are part of the shepherding community. Yes. So I was interested in how you go about teaching them between what's good and what's bad, what virtues they should have, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but they essentially grew up learning, doing my degree with me. So we would watch a lot of documentaries and we would be constantly, if I was learning about something then I was excited about it and I was talking about it at home. And, um, basically they've grown up learning about all of these ways that we want to make the world better. So our home is extremely, um, we aim to be as gender neutral as, as possible. We aim, you know, to talk about how special the diversity of our region is and just generally how to be good people. So, but it's such a, a complex thing. Um, I mean, for us, because we're, you know, a single parent household, because we've got, um, I've got the, you know, the two kids that are, we're trying to raise fairly general, I'm trying to raise fairly gender neutral. They go to school and they go, you know, to all these places where all these societal norms, norms exist. So even, you know, while I'm trying to teach all of these things in my house, the moment they step outside of that, there are so many things teaching them potentially other ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an ongoing sort of challenge. And I suppose all, all for me anyway, all I can do is hope that I've instilled in them the need to treat others with kindness and um, to give good into the world and then hope that that will forever stay with them and that they'll do that. But honestly, you have no way, no way to know how it'll turn out, so we'll see. But how do you teach them that specifically? So things like, oh, let me think for a minute um, if I've got a proper example I could give. So... Is it just... By providing them the information regularly? Yeah, I suppose reinforcing and, and continuing to... Um, I mean, any example, even if we're watching a TV show and um, something happens and I'll explain to them yeah. why I do or do not think that's the right way. And it'll just be silly shows and it doesn't mean the show is no good. It's just teaching them that there's different ways to go about it. Um, and even earlier today, we were having a moment where um, my oldest was for lack of a better term, flipping out about something. We were having a tantrum. And I, we just sat down for 10 minutes and talked about, you know, how important it is to acknowledge what we're feeling and, and to be okay with that. But then talk about, um, you know, because he's getting bigger that, you know, you can't be 
aggressive or whatever it is because of the way it affects the world around you as well as how it affects you so there's just lots of really big conversations going on it's great though yeah i feel like um having kids and being able to do those conversations regularly would help you understand those aspects better as well yeah and it's definitely a learning curve for me and oh my gosh when you see your own flaws coming back at you it's this wonderful guilt experience um but also for me and i'm sure it's the same for most parents i am making this up as i go so you know it's it's this wonderful and sometimes infuriating experience of growing with your children and and learning literally every day something new might happen and you just have to work with that and come out of it hopefully in a good way sometimes from the outside looking in i'll see a family where the parents are still together and the vibe that i get or what i deduct from that is that it is the parents and the kids as two separate entities where when i see a a single parent it seems more like a team effort and the kids get treated more like adults because it's too much pressure for one person to deal with all that by themselves. So the way that the kids get treated in that environment is different to the way that they would be treated if both parents were there. Do you find that that's accurate for your position? Yeah, that's really insightful. I had never really thought of it um, because I guess you only know what you know. So... um... I hadn't sort of thought of it, but you're exactly right. And we are like, we're, we're a team. Um, we actually have a little, uh, nickname for our family because we've got different last names. We sort of made up a little nickname. Um, and we're the s'mores, which is very cute. Um, but it is, it's that real, um, even, even this morning. So I guess this is a bit of a behind the scenes moment. Um, I was, I was struggling to get, give the kids the attention they needed and to do some campaign stuff I needed to mm-hmm. do and um, lining up, you know, for interviews later in the day. And I was just struggling and I had to sit with the kids and explain why I was struggling. Like I wanted them to know that it's okay, even as an adult, to feel these things. And also I had to ask them to just, you know, as a team, be a little bit more um, on my side, I suppose. And, and they really get that. That's been an ongoing sort of dialogue we've always had. So it's... Yeah, we're a real team. That makes sense. Yep, I would agree. How do you stop yourself from projecting uh, the stresses and the struggles that you have now onto your kids? Yeah, well, that's the other side of it. So it's that's kind of that forever um, invisible line of, of at what point are you sharing and empowering and at one point are you, you know, putting too much on their shoulders? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I don't have a proper answer to that one because I am constantly trying to work that out. Yeah. But um, I think it's I, – I have great support systems as well. I have wonderful friends and family around me that completely um, – because I've been a single parent for a long time, they're very involved. Like, they're sort of our – if we're our, our center ring of the team, like, they're our they're that next ring out and they're fully um, behind us either, you know, for the kids or for me or whatever it is we need. So having those really great support systems means that um, I suppose the kids experience it right there in that moment with me, but it's that's where you have to be an adult and then you take it off and you deal with it in a, a healthy way. So, and I guess self-care, self-care is always a thing. So, Yeah, I think um, everyone's sharing a similar experience. That question is hard for everyone to answer. While we're talking about kids, I was interested to get your thoughts on 
if you believe there was like a meaning crisis with some of the teenagers and kids coming up because I have read some of your ideas for kids and I thought they were great so yeah um meaning crisis so I've been thinking about this space I actually was in a I guess from a couple of different perspectives I was in a um a um an education session the other day with our Victorian Youth Affairs Council. Those words will be the wrong way around. But essentially they were talking about what the pandemic's going to mean for youth and, and our the youth outcomes. Um, and in this, I'm talking much younger than I am. Um, these youth outcomes were already on the wrong direction before the pandemic hit and it's about to get a whole lot worse. So you sort of have all of that going on. They're set up in a world... Essentially, the next generation is sort of set up in a world that isn't where then where it's it's all against them. It's all an uphill battle, and then also, especially sort of you know thinking council election style. I think there's a real disillusionment. Um, you even on the one hand, you kind of have the the school strikes and all of these amazing things happening, but they're happening because they they feel like they don't have a voice and they're not being heard. So you can understand this is sort of a small group that are coming to the front and, and saying we deserve better. But for the majority who are just sort of in the background, they that's what they feel and there's no action sort of for them to to do. So I definitely feel like the youth voice and the youth needs need to be right at the front because there's an awful lot happening in the world that's affecting them and that they don't have a way to to impact on um which honestly is a little bit even though i'm not technically youth a little bit why i'm running because i want to make sure that there is a broad range of people that are represented in these moments and that's just our little bit of the world but if you talk about in general um yeah, I think there's definitely so much work that needs to be doing, done in that space because our youth deserve every bit, every bit of it. They know what they need. They have voices and they have ideas and um, these spaces need to be made for them to, to be heard and be able to really participate in it. Is it something that the council would deal with or would you guys brainstorm ideas on how to give the youth more opportunities? Yeah, and we do some cool stuff. We have some cool youth services that are doing wonderful things. Um, we've got some organisations and, and branches that are working with our youth, but um, I guess there's always more to be done. There's yeah. always, you know, um, greater ways we can impact. The other bit, of course, is our um, ready school readiness outcomes are quite yeah. low. So there's quite a large number of our kids who aren't ready for school when school age comes around, and that's setting them up you know, for everything that comes after. So we really got to look at our, how are we looking after our kids from zero to, you know, 25 really? Like how are we looking after our people that are coming up and ready to thrive in this world? What are we really doing? So. I love that. <laughs> what, what do you think the end goal should be for that? Like how do you get them ready for school? Um, it's quite... From what I understand of it, it's quite simple things. So when you talk about school readiness, it's like being able to, um, oh, what were a couple of the examples? Like um, get dressed and ready for the day and those kind of things. Um, Perfect. And so I guess that's a part where council can come in because we have um, maternal child health centres. We have our kindergartens. Um, so there's quite a bit we are involved in that space. 
But it's also really, and this is one of my big things, working with service providers, really collaborative, mm-hmm. collaboratively supporting all of our community members. And so in this moment, we're talking about our young people. It's also our young parents and our parents in general, like yeah. making sure that there's no gaps, that people can, um, I keep using the word thrive, but that's what it is. It's about not having not having to work through challenge after challenge after challenge to just reach the bare minimum. Like if all those things are already set, all you can do is go up. Everything goes up from there. Um, and so that's where I think that we have all these, all these things going on, um, but for whatever reason, they're not connecting. And so we need to make sure that we're across the board all working in that direction and, and doing it together. And I think that we can do that better. So That's unreal. I was a bit negligent about how or or exactly what we were voting for and i thought everyone was running for the top position um which isn't i've learned since isn't right but i've spoken to at least a handful of people and the majority of those people were in the same boat as me oh so right do do you want to break down exactly how it works yeah yeah um so, yeah, so, um, okay, how our local council works is we have nine councillors that cover Greater Shepparton, so we're just one big ward and that's a whole different complicated thing. Um, but there's, there's nine seats up for grabs. That's what we're running for. So there's 17 candidates running for nine councillor positions. And then from the councillors, we have a mayor and a deputy mayor, and so they're elected from the councillors themselves. So that's not something that the community do that part of it of. So this council election, so in, a, in the next week or two weeks when your ballot paper turns up in the mail, you're voting for the nine people who are going to sit and represent, um, I was writing a thing before, there's 67,000 people in Greater Shepparton mm-hmm. and there's going to be nine seats. That's who people are voting for. So um, if anything, that's my little spruik of please, you know, learn a little bit about the people you're voting for because they're going to represent you. So um, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Somebody asked me what I thought the mayor was and I – answered the mayor is the voice of the people but probably more accurately it would be the council members are the voice of the people and the mayor is the voice of the council members yeah i would agree with that yep um i mean hopefully you if you have seema who's our current mayor if you have her on um she could clarify that a little bit further but Mm -hmm. that's how i see it and the mayor gets re-elected every year by the council members yes i honestly and i'm going to admit this right now I'm not 100% sure. One year or two years. I'm just working at council. So <laughs> trying to get onto those nine seats and then I'll let you know after that. Is, um, of the people who are elected, are a lot of them already sitting seats? So there's currently um, five current councillors that are running for re-election. Four of them aren't running again. So there's four, regardless of who gets voted in, there'll be four new people sitting on council, yeah. um, which is quite exciting. And it's not a comment on whether, you know, those councillors were great or not. Um, it's just exciting that regardless, there will be a half new council. And that means there's new voices and things that can happen. So Yeah, it's awesome. What does your transition from your current life to being a potential council member look like like how do you transition into that um position that's a really good question um so i'm looking at this uh as like taking on another uni degree like it's essentially just a bunch of reading and you have to go to some you know lectures and things which are actually council briefings in this particular example um and i guess the difference is i'll actually get paid a little bit rather than 
you know, lumpy more hex dead on. But it's that's sort of how I'm taking it on. Um, it'll be reading, you know, in between, doing things, reading after the kids are in bed. I've done all of that sort of thing again. So that's sort yeah. of mentally how I'm – and it's a four-year term. So it's essentially a four-year degree. So that's sort of mentally how I'm approaching it. Yeah, great. So the extra responsibility is reading, brainstorming ideas, um, and the implement I- implementing those ideas. Yeah, I suppose on your shop, like the council members' shoulders. Well, so how it works is that the council members have briefings with the council departments. Um, so they sort of give all the information and they get given, um, you know, documents that you need to read and agendas and these kind of things. So there's a lot of reading from what I understand. And then, I mean, obviously there's also going to community events and those sort of things where possible, but I actually am lucky enough that I do a lot of that with my day job. So, um, that all fits in really nicely. And, you know, things like attending family events that are run. I mean, I'd take my kids to those anyway. So, you know, again, I'll be there anyway. Um, and then, yeah, coming to the meetings. So the meetings are monthly. Um, from what I understand, briefings are weekly. And then there is a monthly meeting, which is what everybody can watch. That's the one that's live streamed um, either in the council chambers or in on Facebook at the moment. Um, so that's sort of the commitment. What do you think about having so much responsibility? Actually, that's been a huge learning curve. So I knew I wanted to go into this experience. But there was a real moment early on where I went from being um, just a regular sort of team member in a regular job to being one of the people that everyone wants to know what they think and, you know, sitting for this important role. So I had to do a real um, sort of mind shift into being uh, this important, this you know, VIP person. Um, and it's I'm, I'm more, much more comfortable with it now and I'm very excited at the responsibility of that role. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm not really running for me. I'm running for all the people that I can represent. So it's not, um, it's absolutely zero ego in this moment. It's really about just being able to do better for all these people on the ground that just want to live really great lives. And I want to help them do that. So, um, in terms of that, I've really come to terms with the idea of the responsibility, but probably through this process, that's where I have to spruik myself a little bit and that's you know been a challenge to get my head around so i always feel much better within myself when i have as much responsibility as i could possibly bear yeah <laughs> do you have a sense of that right now yeah and like i live everyone who knows me knows i live my life at 110% which is terribly unhealthy but i i'm always doing something if it's not there's always the kids or, or home projects or I'm studying or I'm learning or I'm working and pushing myself. And I love it. I absolutely love just doing as much as I possibly can. Again, not super healthy. So I don't recommend, you know, across the board. But um, this was sort of that that next thing of what can I be doing and giving back. Um, I'm looking for that as well all the time. Yeah. And I want to be around more people like that. But it's such a – I feel my personal view is it's a small minority – do you think there's a way that we can light that fire under other people? Well, I hope so. And I hope that by me running, um, even if I don't get in, that I've shown that you can absolutely do it. Like this is something that I had four months ago. I had no idea of the path I was about to go down. And it is hard and it is challenging, but it's so rewarding. Um, and just 
being a part of things. And I was actually talking with um, a group I met with the other day about volunteering. So it doesn't, you know, we're not necessarily talking about running for council is the thing you can do. It's being involved in things and being a part of things. Um, Our volunteering, not just ours, everyone's volunteering rates are dropping. um, Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get new members into groups and to do these kind of things. And it's such a shame because it's so rewarding to be a part of things. And there are other people that need us. Like they need everybody to want to be a part of things and to do more things because it's an absolute benefit for yourself, but it's such a benefit for everybody else around you as well. So I highly encourage everybody to have a go at things and be engaged and push further because I mean, even look at, you know, this GV talks, it's amazing. And this didn't exist. And now we have it here and it's such a fabulous opportunity to, let people know of these incredible human beings we have in our region. And um, I think we all just feel at times quite disconnected and, and quite like we're all, you know, doing it alone, but we're not and everyone's doing it the same. And, and it's really exciting to have opportunities like this to um, share that and learn a little bit more and be a bit vulnerable, but be okay with that. So, yep. Yeah, I think in the final analysis of things, what people will realise is what they're really searching for is a sense of connection. Mm-hmm. And I I have felt that when I've volunteered, definitely. Because yeah. um, you're giving back to, in this scenario, you're giving back to the town, which has helped us rise. Yeah. And we can help other people rise. If somebody is looking to volunteer where would they find those opportunities? Because that's not always clear for me. Yes. Um, every time I've volunteered, it's been something I've stumbled across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go the classic, you know, Google it and there'll be options locally. But I actually think that's um, off the back of talking with this group the other day. It was sort of a bit of an idea um, that maybe is a council thing, maybe it's just in my work. But being able to actually pull it together and celebrate volunteering and, and create a space where people could come and check out all the different yeah. ways. Cause there's so many different um, things you can get involved with. Um, so I think we can do better at letting everybody know these opportunities. And, and I definitely know as well that um, a bit of social anxiety kicks in at the idea of going to do new things. Mm. So trying to overcome that barrier as well, I think is a big deal. And if we can create spaces that, absolutely encourage people to get involved that's great for everyone across our region 100% I completely agree you've touched on this a little bit but could you tell the people why being elected is important to you it's important to me because I originally ran because I hadn't seen what I thought really represented me and my story and what I cared about And now I'm running to do that. And since I've started running, I've met many other people who fall under what I care about. And so they didn't have anyone that represented them. So I want to be that person that can represent on the ground all of the individuals who either share values with me and share things they care about with me or just want an easier go of things and I want to fill those gaps. I want to make sure they can because it's being a human being is challenging and, you know, hard enough without being sometimes forgotten. And so I want to make sure that there's a voice on the table really, you know, fighting for those people at all times and and making sure that we here locally 
don't have to wait for the rest of the world to tell us how to do it, that we can start right here because we know what we need and then show, you know, the rest of the world how it's done. So <laughs> trying to be humble, but yeah, let's show them. So. That's the attitude we need. I love that. <laughs> do you think that people can do a bad job at cancel? And the reason why I ask that is because I have been staying up to date with everything and I don't look at anyone's wrap up and think that's a bad idea or that what that person stands for doesn't necessarily relate to me. Like everyone, all of them relate to me on different levels, but I can kind of align myself with what everyone stands for on some degree because they're all trying to lift us up. So what I want to know is of these people, which ones are going to deliver or it would deliver on what they're saying. Like that's what I want to know from each of the people who are elected. Yeah. This is a really good and important point. I was saying to my kids as we were driving back in town and we were looking at all the, you know, um, posters on fences and we're all myself included, essentially saying we want to be the voice of community. We want to do better And that's great and we should and I'm sure everyone who gets on will do those things. But so what makes us different? What sets us apart? Um, And in terms of doing a bad job on council, I don't think it's a bad job. Um, I think it's just that the – someone asked me the other day, what do you want Shepparton to look like in – you know, greater Shepparton to look like in five years? And that's when it really kicked in for me why – Potentially my idea is different. It's the same with everybody. It's not what are they promising right now, though that is important, or what they stand for. It's what will they do? What what does their Shepparton look like in five years? Is it, you know, um, for me, it's going to be fighting against climate change. It's going to be, you know, creating safe spaces for our kids and celebrating community groups and and just the um, incredible region that we have in the people on the ground. But you know what is that's my answer the five years but what is everybody's answer to that five years so i'm really hoping um in this sort of last week before ballot papers come out that's where everybody can really find that answer and know not only you know when you you put your numbers on your ballot paper who are you voting for what sort of shepherd are you voting for in the next five or you know 50 years you stated that there was quite a few younger people on the ballot this year one of the other things that comes to mind when we're talking about who can uh, pro- who can deliver on what they promise, a lot of it would have to do with endurance because it's a four years you've got to serve out and what everyone's talking about is kind of like what we're going to do right now and like the motivation's high because yeah, it always is at the start of a new venture. Yeah. Um, but perhaps the younger people running might be able to stay motivated for longer potentially 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 yeah yeah. i don't um i don't have the answer to that one but and because you know there's pros and and cons probably to everybody running so um but you're right in it is that four years and and for me it's being really aware that it's four years like this is one of the things that gets me about every level of government is this really short-term sort of thinking. And um, so I'm definitely in it for the long haul, I suppose. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure that others are. But, yeah, that idea of um, 
I don't know if that adds value to the people that are rerunning because they want to do it again. You know, they didn't burn out halfway through or anything like that. Um, but it certainly is. That's a really important point that this is four years of commitment. That every year of that four years, our people will need us. So it's important to hopefully, and I'm sure they will, all these young people. So there's quite a few that are in their 30s with me, which is what I'm counting as young. Um, and so hopefully we're, we're in it. I know for me, probably one of the, um, the pros of being younger is my kids are in school. We're not going anywhere. Like this is a committed sort of path because it just aligns with our, our life and what I can give to our region at the moment. So I'm sure that there's lots of other people in that same sort of space in one way or the other, whatever it looks like in their lives. So, yeah. Do you think there'll be a better, there'll be a better amount of people, like a, a larger amount of people voting because of the ballot being via mail? Hopefully. Um, there's a bit of talk about the the voter turnouts and, and hopefully... Yes, because it's right there in front of you. It's in your mailbox and, um, I mean, we're all at home. So yeah. hopefully, yes, because um, it's quite a lot of people. I mean, it's it's you have to do it or you get fined. So I don't like the idea of anybody being fined. Um, but hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll turn out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the cool things that I like about what you're doing is that you're wearing a T-shirt that aligns with the cause that you... Uh, appreciate yes yep i'm not happy happy jam today um so just one of my things when i decided to run um is i'm trying to really use you know this is one of those it's not about the destination it's about the journey kind of moments that while i was doing this i wanted to lift up causes and and service providers and things so a lot of you know my social media is promoting and supporting other groups that are around our area just to let people know you know if i have my five minutes of fame um, today's shirt is a, <laughs> the not happy Jan is just an awesome line. It's from a company that is run by self-proclaimed, um, fierce feminists and they create, um, inclusive, uh, items for, um, you know, inclusive items for people. Um, but I've also got some other cool shirts I've been rocking. There's one from AOK, uh, here in Shepparton, which is their shirts are so awesome and they promote, um, support and promote good mental health. Um, and suicide awareness, which is so important. And then I have one from Rainbow Rue, which is supporting um, LGBTQIA plus communities and, and shouting that I'm a proud ally. So just some, they're really fun shirts to wear. They're comfy. And it means that I'm doing something in the meantime with my platform. It's great. Um, and I don't mind that shirt either. Yeah. Do they make it in men's? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've read that you are inspired by other local councils around the world. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything specifically that? Yeah. So made my. You feel that way? Um. So that comes from when I was studying because we we're you know learning about different councils and things. There's like one over in um just to share a couple of them I suppose there's one I think it's Bogota over in um a South American country I believe. Anyway, basically what happened? This mayor got in. And they were extremely, um, their poverty was extremely high. They had all of these sort of social issues. And a lot of it stemmed from, they had millions of people in this, it was a larger city, this is not greater shepherd in size, but they had millions of people using cars and not being able to get to work and all of this sort of thing. So he overhauled their entire public transport system to put in this bus system that was ran across the area and it was just this huge undertaking. And it completely changed the way that their... Um, region and their city 
worked suddenly everybody could access public transport cars you know got so many cars off the road and he actually got kicked out of office because uh, or you know he didn't get another term because people were so sort of afraid of the change but it just it completely changed it and now it's amazing um and another one I really liked was there was a I don't can't remember where this one was but essentially they had this portion of their community that the garbage trucks couldn't access and it was just filling with with litter and they couldn't get in there and so what they actually did um there was quite a, a number of low-income households in that space so what they did was create this um market system i suppose where people could collect a bag of rubbish and then they'd get a box of fruit and vegetables and things to take home with them and it so it cleared the the issue it supported their local community like it's just that sort of um there's value in so many different things that um and i just don't think money is the only thing of value in our communities and and just stories like that and examples like that really um just pushed me to think that we can all do we can do better we can come up with new ideas we can do things that focus on our people and it's really exciting they're very unique stories and they're very very cool a statement that i heard once was government are slow to make decisions and the person who made the statement was speaking specifically about Australian government, do you feel like you would be able to do something like that in local council? I mean, probably not at that scale. That's pretty um, up there. But I think, you know, in terms of that saying, that's probably true, but I definitely want to push against that idea. And so, you know, I just feel like saying that, something always has been that way or always you know that's how we've always done it it's just not really good enough and we've got to keep pushing against it so hopefully I would certainly want to get in there and and do some cool things and and um and that really just benefits everybody though so that's about creating a space where everybody wants to do great things and wants to do better and I would love to be one of those voices that's standing there and yelling that yeah 100% and even if something gets rusted and it doesn't turn out the way you expect it to be at least now you know how not to do it mm. oh everything's a learning curve yeah yeah absolutely um a couple other things i wanted to bring up with you mm-hmm. is i was hoping to hear a little bit about your involvement and experience with gb pride and meals on wheels and all these other um things that you're all involved in in the local community already yeah so i've been a part of um i've been a member of gb pride for a while um not actively because I'm an ally. I don't want to step on a space that isn't isn't mine. I just want to support and you know um, celebrate and encourage that. So, but I've been active um, for a little while now because I realise that that's okay and, and it's great to be a part of. And um, it's the same with uh, the, there's a couple of environment groups around that I've been a part of, and it's really just stemmed from it's something that I care about in my personal life and I want to do just a little bit more. I don't want it to stop within my own four walls. Um, And then that was, you know, with Meals on Wheels, that same experience. I just, I knew I could give a little bit of time and and do something. And my kids come with me to do Meals on Wheels a lot of the time. So that's really exciting that they can be a part of it and see that, you know, you don't have to do everything to earn money, I suppose. And that also just giving back, like it's so nice, um, that intergenerational goodness. So um, being a part of all those different groups, they're so kind and welcoming and supportive and being a part of them both 
feels really great. And it also is a great way to help others to feel that and to support these things that are happening in our region. So, um, I mean, they're just my examples and it's really just about being active in the community and being connected to things that I'm passionate about. Um, but there are, yeah, probably 40 other groups that I could be a part of as well if I had time and resources. So you've got plenty on your plate. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be hard on yourself. (laughs) Do you think that your kids are proud of you? Do you reckon they're at the age where they can look at their mum and be like, this, this woman is something special? Oh, I think so. No, I think, I think they do get that we give an awful lot, um, outwards and I think they, they understand that um, that not all homes are, are like that and that's not a, a negative thing towards anything you know else. But I think they understand that we're, we're a little bit special. You are running a social media account. Yes. Fresh from memory? Yes. So I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page and they are both at Sam Spinks Greater Shepparton. And the way that you're running it is kind of like a behind the scenes, which I haven't seen anyone else do, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, thank you. Um, honestly, it's kind of the same as this um, this chat. I, I only know how to, to be open and um, a little bit vulnerable and, and that sort of thing. It's the only one I know how to do it, so it's, it's what I'm doing. And it seems to be working. People seem to be resonating with it. Um, and it's also a little bit so that people next time can see what's involved and so that they get to be a better part of this process and and understand on the one hand where it is challenging and what you do have to do but on the other hand a regular person can do this like it's it's open to everybody but you can be a part of things and have a go i think people are screaming out for some transparency yeah i would agree and honestly like that is one of the things that makes me want to get behind you because you seem like a real person and it doesn't all seem rosy and fake and a story that has been fabricated to make somebody seem perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels like there's a risk in that, in that people might think I'm too laid back or I don't know if like anyone's ever called me laid back, but if, you know, if it's too too real, might somehow make it seem less polished. Um, so going into it, it did feel quite vulnerable to do it this way, but it's, uh, I think, I, I agree. I think we need more of it. I think this is a great way. I've really enjoyed doing it this way. I've really enjoyed when I've connected with people who have resonated with it. And um, I love, it's very inspired for anyone who, who knows AOC um, over in America. She is very down to earth and um, we have some great people here in, in Australia as well. So it's very just sort of inspired by being open and transparent and encouraging others to do the same. No, that's great. I have two more questions for you. Yeah. Who locally inspires you and who would you like to see on the show? Oh, okay. Um, locally. So this is such a corny answer, but we have so many incredible people here in Greater Shepparton. Um, and I mean like, people working at our community houses and people running our hubs and um, passionate people working in our service, um, you know, providers, our community services. And they're just, they are doing such incredible work behind the scenes and um, 
there's no real space to celebrate them. Like it's just their jobs and what they're doing. But it, 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 I just, I wish people could see all of these incredible little networks of people caring and, and pushing for greatness and doing all of this work. And it really inspires me to do that as well. So, which is kind of what I see myself doing right now, just in a, a different way. Um, and who else would I like to see? Well, I would love to see all of the other council candidates on here because I'd love to see what their answers are to these questions as well because there were some really good ones in there. Um, otherwise, I'm just continuing to – I don't have any ideas. I mean, last was, you know, a local artist and now you've got me and there's just really cool people coming through. Just keep doing it. No, that's, uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping to get a couple more council members on so they can get a vibe for – who is behind the person in the paper? Yeah. Because I'm sitting across, I'm sitting across a desk from you, looking in your eyes, hearing you speak about this, and I can tell that you mean what you say. Yeah. And that is what I want. That is somebody that I want to vote for. Somebody who means what they say. Yeah. But uh, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, Sam.